Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Got each other on our side, plus all the folks at Fried the Burnout Podcast with Kate Donovan. Hey, Fried listeners, just a quick note before we start the show. We recorded the first few episodes of season two before the COVID-19 hit the U.S. in full force. So I decided to go ahead with the episodes as they are because they are useful and I believe really powerful, especially during this time. If your burnt out brain has been given more than it can chew with this whole scenario, please know that I have opened up extra hours for free calls for anyone who needs them. An initial free call is 35 minutes and might be just what you need to help you get your head back on track. You can book your call at katedonovan.as.me forward slash free. I will definitely be putting that in the show notes, so don't worry about writing that down. It'll be available to you. And whatever you do, please make sure you're putting your emotional and physical health first. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Fried, the burnout podcast. Fried is the podcast for everyone who has ever felt burnout because of their job, relationship, or life. Kate Donovan, burnout expert, will interview a new guest each week who will share their burnout stories with all the gory details. Every episode will give you immediate action steps that you can take right now if you're feeling fried and crispy around the edges. Fried's main goals are to raise burnout awareness, kill the associated shame, and create a movement to end burnout culture. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Fried the Burnout Podcast. Today, I am talking to a Polish friend who is in the States and grew up in the States, but still uh, feels a little special to me because we could have this conversation in Polish if we wanted to. And his name is Kasper Schulz. And Kasper is the co-founder of Innovative Medicine in Long Island. And he's trying to revolutionize medicine, disrupt the healthcare field, and redefine how we view health. So Kasper and I are going to spend time talking about his burnout story today, but we're also going to dig really deep into very clear tips and tricks and things that you can use immediately. And he also has a product that I'm going to ask him about at some point because it's something that burnt out people should know. Kasper, good morning. Good morning and dziękuję bardzo. Proszę cię bardzo. Why don't we start out with sort of who you are and what burnout is in your life? Yeah, so I think burnout has been a big part of my life, even since I was little, because I grew up in a Polish household, as you know, we talked about this before, just going into our backgrounds. But my parents came from Poland, of course, coming from a kind of socialistic World War II, had very little growing up there, escaped the communism, socialism to come here to United States. I was the first born here in New York City, um, but always had a bit of a stoic kind of you know parenting style and very serious in some ways very loving and caring but you know eastern europeans in general are a little bit more serious right and i was a sensitive child i would say very shy you know on the myers-briggs infj like fully introverted a virgo perfectionist like shy but very nice kid um but it was difficult adapting to the American lifestyle growing up in an Eastern European household. And so it was always a challenge trying to juggle that. I remember even being sort of embarrassed or made fun of because my mother had an accent when she she came to pick me up from elementary school. And I'd be like, well, I'm going to the car. You're like, you're embarrassing me. Kids are made fun of And then you have a name like Casper. That doesn't help, 
right? Kids love making fun of weird names and I'm the friendly ghost and this and that, right? So as a sensitive child, that, that took a lot of energy out of me to like combat that, right? So I wouldn't say I burned out as a child. Children have incredible amounts of energy and are just regenerating all the time. But already that, that sort of took its toll on me emotionally. Um, going through life was like that a little bit, trying to figure out where I stood, right? And when you live in a truly, I would say, an extroverted world where extroverts kind of get all the attention and you're trying to live into it, sometimes you got to fake it. And that's what I was doing all throughout my 20s. I was trying to be the extrovert. I was trying to be someone else. I started a business really early because I wasn't happy with what I got into. I went to school in Boston University, went for management and finance and marketing, thought I'd be the Wall Street bro when I got out, got into a finance job that was really low paying and nothing like Wall Street the movie. And I was just hitting you know, a key over and over again, seeing these trades go through, but not really thinking about anything, not being creative. And it was soul sucking. It was, it was depriving me of something. And I picked up on that really quickly and said, all right, I need to do something different. Opportunity rang. I started a company. I'm still with it, of course. But um, even then, it was difficult to make that transition to be on your own. An entrepreneur is suddenly like, whoa, there's a lot here. Like, I want a responsibility. I want creativity. But you got to make money, right? <laughs> you got to, like, sell it. You got to go out there. You got to put yourself out there. You got to wear so many different hats. And doing that while living in New York City, trying to be an extrovert when I'm really an introvert, trying to figure myself out, I quickly burned out. And it wasn't the burnout where I was like, all right, I need to just check out or like institutionalize myself because I'm having a total breakdown. But it was a burnout where I'd chronically get infections, you mm -hmm. know, and just not, not like serious, but literally just colds. And people would be like, I remember living with two of my roommates early on in New York City because no one could afford an apartment on their own in New York City when you're in your like young 20s. They'd be like, oh man, you must have a poor immune system. I'd be like, I work at like, you know, a medical center. That's one of the best. I have all these immune boosting things. I do IVs on the regular. I have a doctor who's like, my father is a pioneer in this stuff and is treated like the most complex conditions out there. And here I am getting like routinely sick. Right. And it would only be a few days, maybe on the weekends or something. I'll just be in bed. And that's when, you know, it really started to click to me that something isn't right. And fortunately, that was a signal like all symptoms of the body. There are signals to you to, to change almost. And these pieces were to change. And it took radical change in a sense of accepting who I am dropping a lot of friends that wanted me to be a certain way and party and extrovert and go out drinking and everything, understanding my role within the company itself and that I wasn't to do everything all the time, letting go of some of that control issues I probably had as an INFJ Virgo, and then really tapping into what is a balanced life look like? Because in New York City, as you know, I don't think many people live balanced lives. The norm is like working as hard as you can, going out quickly afterwards because you need that social life regardless of if you're tired or not, and then keep going and keep yourself active and posting things about it on the week. And, you know, it's just so much that if you're not a person that can adapt to that well, you're going to burn out. And so I really had to come to terms with, hey, I'm a sensitive dude. I'm an introvert. I need more time alone. 
if people don't get that too bad, I got to start saying no to some things, right? And it pissed some people off. It was a weird transition in my early 30s. Like I was dropping friends, people like he's a recluse, like, you know, but I was feeling better. I was feeling more authentic. I was feeling like, and I stopped getting sick. That was the big one. It was like, all right, if burnout leads to sickness and I'm not being as sick, and I didn't even give it a name of burnout back then, but I'm not being as sick, something's right. So did you do anything? I mean, you had all this access to all these immune boosting things and all of these, this medicine and this innovative healthcare. When did you notice that you stopped getting sick and do you attribute any of it to that healthcare or do you know that it happened when you were in the dropping friends role? Because you just went through a series of five sort of steps that yeah. maybe you took simultaneously, maybe they were one by one, but the first one was accept myself. The second one was cut people out that don't like the real me basically. Yep. The third one was to know your role within your company and combined with the fourth one of letting go of control. Yep. Right. So those, I'm sure that that letting go of control covers a couple of things. And then five, figuring out what a balanced life looks like. Like, so where in that process did you notice that you started to feel better? Like how long did it take? You know, when you mentioned the healthcare things, they were pivotal because they got me back on my feet quickly. Right. Yeah. So it didn't last long. It never became a chronic issue, which was nice, but it also allowed me to kind of jump around, jump right back into things and, you know, kind of burn myself out just as quickly. It was like, all right, the weekend, you know, I was sick. I get an IV on Monday, feeling better, took some stuff to boost my immune. I'm good. I'm going to work in that 80-hour work week now. So your healthcare was almost a coping mechanism. Absolutely. You can't expect the doctor to heal you. You can't expect healthcare to do that much except give you the tools and resources to get you to a certain point. But you've got to do it yourself. The responsibility and the onus is on you to get healthy, actually. When you're a burnt out person, the thing that I see happening most frequently is that people that are burnt out are taking the responsibility sort of for life on themselves, but they're not yeah. taking a responsibility for their own wants and needs on That's themselves. True. How do we, I mean, I have answers for this, obviously, because I talk about it every day, but I want to know your thoughts. How do we get someone who is burnt out to a place where they have enough energy to make a commitment to prioritize self-care? Well, that's it. It's priorities, right? And like our average day, if you really wrote down what you need to do and all those things is, is pretty crazy because we just have these hectic, like go, go, go lifestyles. And we have so many different mediums we're connecting with and people and all this. It's kind of nuts. But if you don't actually prioritize the number one on that to-do list is like me and self-care and what it is to you that's going to keep you out of burnout, then you're doing it wrong. Then you are not actually prioritizing what is best for you. Because I've been there and I get it. Like I have massive to-do lists and it's nonstop emails coming into me. And I'm running like three different companies and international like calls at like 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. Like I get it, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, I'm busy, but I have to be able to say no to some things or push them aside and be like, I need 20 minutes of meditation to start the day. That's me. Yeah. Right. I need some form of exercise in there just to let go. I need some forms of things that bring me joy. And I don't care if it's a really great opportunity. I've had to say no to some massive opportunities that would have been financially huge probably, but I, I know I wouldn't be able to carry it and do those things that I prioritize. And guess what? I would burn out. I would fail at that. It would all go down up in smoke, you could say, down the drain. So 
Um, so yeah, it's really important when people are like, I just don't have the time. It's like, no, that's bullshit. Like you do, but you're just not doing it right. And if you make that time, trust me, everything that comes after that will be way more productive for you. Yeah. You'll be able to do it with a smile and realize that pauses, rests, and hitting a reset button every now and then is the smartest thing to do when you have massive amounts of things you need to get done. Pride fam, I tell you in nearly every episode that step one of your burnout recovery is blood work. And I know that a lot of you avoid it because it's a pain and because your doctor has told you that everything is quote unquote fine. And they refuse to test all the things that you think you need. What if I told you that you could test what you want, when you want, from your home with just a couple of drops of blood? Cyfox Health allows you to do just that. You can buy tests as one-offs or join a membership. Either way, you can test and track your results to help you make decisions about your burnout recovery journey. Get 10% off any membership, subscription, or one-time test kit right now. Go to cyfoxhealth.com forward slash fried for your discount. That's S-I-P-H-O-X health.com forward slash fried. Yeah, I actually had this conversation when I was still in Prague with a patient who was going through a burnout and we were talking about what her day-to-day looks like. And she said, you know, I just can't fit in X, Y, or Z and whatever it happened to be at the time. And so we went through this exercise and I said, well, let's do a little exercise. I want you to take out a piece of paper and let's write down all the things that you're assuming that you should slash have to do every day. And we started this list, right? And she's like, you know, cook and have good meals and three meals per day and exercise and working this job that required at least 10 hours a day out of her, plus this and that and this and that. And the things that she thought that she needed to do on a day-to-day basis would cover 27 hours, not including rest. So I looked at her and I said, well, if you start using a lot of cocaine, (laughs) you might get through this, but you'll have a heart attack. Like your life is designed right now in a way that makes it actually literally impossible for you to accomplish the things that you think you should accomplish. So then you're getting into a self-judgment cycle because you're feeling guilty and bad that you can't do all of these things. So then you're feeling worse. So then you're pushing yourself more, but you're trying to tell me that you can do 27 hours worth of stuff in a 24 hour period and not sleep. And it was a life changing moment for her because she realized that there's literally not that much time and that her, she always assumed that her expectations were sort of in line with what everybody else's work, quote unquote. And she finally realized that her expectations were just out of the park. Yeah. And and I mean, you could do that on a micro and macro scale because I think so many of us see it as a sprint every day. And in 24 hours, yeah, you're sprinting to one meeting to the next and everything. I want you to look at it like a marathon. The next 24, if not the next 50, 70 year, however old you are and however old you want to live to 100 plus. Yeah, cool. Go for it. Right. But you ain't going to do it looking at everything in 24 hour bursts because you will just burn out that way. We're not meant to sprint every single day. 
look into nature. It's beautiful. I always say you want to understand things better. Like Einstein said, look to nature. And I've been to Africa where I've seen those lines and they just lay there all day, all night, right? And then they sprint for like 20 seconds to catch a meal and then they lay there all day. All, like, and that's all I saw. I didn't see them like running around and being like active. They were just laying. You just roll up on them. They yawn and it's like you take a picture and you roll up. Like, and that was like, that's beautiful because that's maybe what we should look to. Like a burst of creative energy and then relax, sleep. Yeah rest, enjoy, right? Be with your family. Not everyone needs to do that and be lions and just sleep all day, right? But I think it's, it's more about just understanding it's really okay to give yourself that time to rest, be okay with that and regenerate. Yeah, I think that's massively important, especially for entrepreneur and creative types that do have these bursts of natural adrenaline and energy that need to be used. But you said that your process started with accepting the fact that you were not who you were trying to be. What did that look like for you? Well, you know, I was actually incredibly blessed to kind of go into this state of mild depression, right? It wasn't deep, but it was like burnout. It's like, what am I doing? What is my purpose? Like you start asking yourself these questions and that's an amazing place to be because it's showing you right in your face, like this isn't the path for you, right? And for me, it was, it was just a big warning sign and a signal like being like change. Like it was blinking in my face. It's like, you feel like shit because you need to change. That's, that's why you feel this way. So I look back on that time where I was going through stuff and I'm so appreciative of it. Just like when I speak with patients that go through their disease, they look back with looking at it as a blessing that transformed my life. That chronic disease that I thought was the worst thing ever was probably the best thing ever. And that's a beautiful thing when you could get to that state. When you're in it, no way you're seeing it that way, right? But now that I'm outside of it, yeah, it was a slow process of just becoming aware of things, right? Becoming aware, reading. I learned about INFJs more. You know, I started doing that. I spoke to people. I read books. I wanted to figure myself out. And a lot of that figuring out was just being quiet with myself and trying to tap into my heart, not my head, which was racing. But it was more about what is my heart saying? Can I still all of this in my head down and tap into my heart? Which was kind of just saying, just be you, right? You know who you are. Look back to when you were a child. You were friendly, you were quiet, but it was okay. You were playful. You love things. You love to read. Do those things again. That's so essential because once you start to be true to yourself, first off, you just feel full of energy, life, and joy. Next off, you're healing yourself better and you're helping to heal others. And you're just contributing and it just feels more right when you're yourself. Not to say that it's going to be perfect, right? Those bumps are there to continue to evolve and we change. Change is the only constant. But I think it was that journey of just constantly seeking like, who am I asking that and kind of going a little bit deeper and, and just trying stuff. I was looking at like Kabbalah, this, that, right? Just doing biofeed, like all these different things. And it's cool. Some worked for me, some didn't. And luckily I do work at a center where I have like hundreds of different therapies and, and you know, people to minister them on to help me, not just like biochemically, but actually emotionally, right? We do a lot of psychological things there too. So, so all of that was incredible in this journey, but you know, the journey continues on. And, and I will say like my goal and even in this year was just like, just be authentic, like 2020, just be you, right? I always want to control, be like, all right, when I'm 35, I'll publish a bestseller. When I'm like this, I'll do this and I'll have this. It's like, 
come on, let go of that control. The universe is laughing at you right now, man. It's like, all right, here comes a curveball. You thought you were going that way, but you know, this is actually better for you. And if you resist it, that's when you'll maybe lead to burnout. Yeah. If you just go with it, let go and just be like, all right, I'm cool with whatever it is. When you have trust and faith is a word in there as well, I'm going to yeah. put it in there and it has nothing to do with religion. You know, you have to a little bit, you have to have faith. Otherwise you kind of lose and you become a little bit negative on the process, right? And why isn't it working this and that? Why is it taking so long? It's like, do you ever truly get there? You know, <laughs> if you did, would your life not kind of be over, right? Uh, I figured myself out. I accomplished everything I need in the world. Like, all right, I think you've become depressed. <laughs> yeah, I actually had a patient recently who, um, when, I, when we met, I asked a question and the response was, oh no, I've done all that work already. And, and I just like laughed to myself because every time I have gotten to a point where I feel like I have worked through a particular issue, my life will bring it back like in full force on oh, a yeah. different layer on Like it's like a spiral, right? You just come to the next round of it. You just keep going round and round yeah. and meeting the same sort of issues, but disguised in different clothing. And you have to sort of figure them out again. <laughs> You know, to me, it's very much like an alchemical process. And it's very strange. In my life, I've had certain things come up and certain opportunities. And one of those was actually distributing an alchemical medicine, as it's called, from Germany. But the whole thing is basically based on Rudolf Steiner's work, right? And anthroposophy and, and understanding that we go through a process that is this constant evolution that is like a circle. It's like uh, uniting and then separating. And each time you become a little bit better, but it's never linear, but you're going higher and higher. You're trying to reach a higher state of evolution. And it's never like a one way up, right? It's this circle. So you go in cycles, as we know, the seasons, the days have sight, everything. We too have those cycles. And you're going to have to go through the hard times and everything to then reach the higher time. And that will continue. It never stops. It's not like, oh, I made it through. I'm up top. It's like, whoa, and here we go again. But you got to be able to accept that and not be so down on the downs and understand there will be an upswing. And through that, you will actually become better, more evolved, happier, all of that. One of the things that I noticed about being in Poland is that one of the things that people say very frequently is like, don't be too happy because it's not going to last. There's like this expression in Poland that's like, right. you're not allowed to be happy because uh, you're, it will suddenly, it will change and you won't be able to have it anymore. And when I was in Poland, I realized that I feel exactly the opposite of that. Like when you mm -hmm. feel that joy and when you are in that moment that is good, you should soak it up for every ounce of light and goodness that it is because it's not incorrect that it will change. Mm -hmm. It will change. But if you don't fill yourself up when it's good, you don't have the energy to get through those bad times with a little bit of distance, with a little bit of separation from the fact that it's quote unquote happening to you. Yeah. And that's just perspective, right? It's yeah. a shift. And if you could shift your perspective on some things like the events that you see as being very negative in the end of the world, which you know they are not, and saying that this is just a roadblock because I'm not supposed to go this way. Something better is right around the corner, right? And you have all those when, you know, the door closes and other opens, all these sayings we have. But do we truly do it? We say them, but do we shift our perspective? Do we shift our belief systems to kind of embrace that a little bit or do we just go into a depressive state and just start popping pills right yeah and do we victimize ourselves 
a huge part of that also. Yeah, you have no control. You're not in power. It's like, sure you are. You may not have control, but you're in power of yourself, your thoughts. No one has power. I mean, look, read Victor, you know, Frankel's. Yeah. <laughs> That'll show you what kind of power you have because that dude was in a concentration camp and still came out with this power, right? And so that, that was amazing also. That is perspective. That is, you can't control what's in here, right? That's yours yeah. to control. No matter how we feel, we all have the responsibility and duty to try our best. But fighting back from fatigue and brain fog can have us feeling like we can't break free. You've heard me talk about it before, but feeling fried can have a profound impact on your health. Luckily, there are supplements out there that target that feeling and help revitalize your ability to focus and concentrate. I'm talking about Nadavim, a medical-grade nootropic formula that uses NAD+, to enhance your brain's mitochondrial function, giving you the brain that can unfry itself. The people at Nadavim have even extended a 20% discount code only for the fried audience, and you can grab it now at nadavim.com with the coupon code BURNOUT. That's N-A-D-O-V-I-M.com with the coupon code BURNOUT. So you've said a few times over the course of this interview so far that you are INFJ. And I know what that means, but there are people listening that might know not know what that means. So can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, so I'm a unicorn, I guess. One <laughs> percent uh, of the population of males, I think two percent is females or INFJs, meaning introvert, intuitive, feeling judgmental, right? If you're going to go off the four bases, but... It, it's a rarity in some ways because what I found with INFJs is like when you read the descriptions through the Myers-Briggs, you know, the psychological evaluation, you suddenly start to go, oh my God, how do they know so much about my soul and how I'm feeling? Because it is a lot of like, I'm always in my head. I'm shy, but I have so much going on here. I want to help change the world, but I can't change myself, right? You have all these thoughts and you're kind of like, dealing with a lot of issues that you feel no one gets but when you read the Myers-Briggs and you connect with other INFJs it's like oh my god there's someone else out there like me that's crazy that wants to do good in this world but can't even accept themselves sometimes and wants to just help people and be a you know a big thinker but is also super shy and judgmental of other people it's a very like weird mixture of things to be but it's so grounded, I think, in who we are as INFJs, right? It's just so, and I understand lots of people who take it are like, that's not me. I'm an ENFP or so, uh, ENFT, and that doesn't really describe me. And, and I get it. I think maybe some pieces are not always there, and I'm not using that as an absolute to define myself. But it is quite interesting to see these psychological evaluations that started with Jung and, you know, his work and moved on to uh, Myers-Briggs. And, and, and again, to me, that's just one piece of understanding myself. I also said I'm a Virgo, right? And as someone in medicine, lots of people like, why would you bring in astrology into medicine? It's like, because we live in a universe where this is all out there. And if you look back thousands and thousands of years, we of humans have always used this information to help us in some way, shape, or form. I'm not using it to diagnose people. Like We're not doing that. But you can't avoid that. You have to look at all the pieces out there and see what works for you and start to figure yourself out. Like, yeah, us Virgos are tidy perfectionists, they say, right? 
that's me. I am that. It allows me to have, again, the thing I think is most important when you're talking about whether it's burnout, life happiness, or just success is understanding you, right? And I want to understand me as much as possible, whether that's astrology, a psychological evaluation, going to a shaman, getting a DNA test. I look at all of it, but I'm never going to put too much weight into one thing. Yeah. This is something that I've talked about a lot with a friend of mine. Her name is Willow Bradner and she is, um, actually her trademark is the accidental psychic. She was a hairdresser and now she works as a psychic and she's and a business coach and she's an incredible business coach because also she's a psychic. Um, and she's a wonderful friend of mine and she talks about having an issue with personality tests sometimes, which I'm obsessed with personality tests. I have used them to dig into myself for years, but she's, she has a little bit of an issue because it can be overwhelming to try and find the grayness. Like we're so accustomed to looking at world in a black and white way, which is why I'm so grateful for my Chinese medicine background because Chinese medicine is, is circular thinking. Yes. Chinese medicine is a circle that is not a line. So right. I, I was taught when I started school at the age of 20 to think about things as more interconnected. Like I do Chinese face reading, mm -hmm. but in, China, in the five element system, it's automatically accepted that you have bits of every single element within you no matter what, because you Absolutely. need all five elements combined to create a human. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So it's the five elements plus the, the, the energy of the earth and the energy of the heavens and all of those things mixed together and create man or woman, whatever. But there's this um, sort of underlying acceptance that no matter what, you have every bit. And so she has an issue, like my friend Willow has an issue with that sometimes because people get so stuck in, well, I am you know, human design, like a manifesting generator. So I can only do things this way. I am ENFJ. So mm -hmm. I can only do things this way. And I like that you're telling people, yes, go figure out who you are. Take, take the Clifton Strengths Finder, do the Myers-Briggs, do, you know, have a face reading done, like do whatever it is you need to do, but take the information that works best with you. That feels like it gives you permission to be who you are. And you have to be at a state where you're able to kind of pick truth from falsehood in some ways about yourself, right? Because I know yeah. too many people that just will ask everyone around them to figure out who they are. And they don't, you know, and it's like, how is anyone supposed to do that for you? You have to do it yourself and you have to have somewhat of that intuition, the gut feeling. You have to cultivate that if you don't have it. I know toxicity, drugs, alcohol will all diminish that as will environmental factors, right? So if you're right now struggling, you're like, I just can't tell what's right or wrong for me. I would say detox your mind, your body, digitally, like all of that. Understand that you do maybe meditate, breathing, whatever it is that gets you a little bit more in touch with that heart centered base, that intuition, whatever it is. So that when you do read something, you kind of feel either as Marie Kondo would say, a spark of joy or yeah. something there or something just leads you. I don't know what it is. Like for everyone, it's a little different. But when I read certain things, I just like get into it. I'm like, oh man, that's feeling good when I read that. Like I want to keep going. And that's when I know it's right for me. And it's not just something I'm reading that is just a fact. It's actually for me, the truth. Yeah. This is why I like getting feed out, feedback on this podcast, because when you are burnt out, the structure of your brain actually makes it more difficult for you to clue into right. your intuition. This is sure. an absolute fact. The, the disintegration of the gray matter, the overactivity of your animal brain, the lack of connectivity between your left and right brains is a big issue with intuition. 
Um, so there are all these things that get in the way when you're burnt out that, that stand in between you and your intuition. So when I get feedback that says, I listened to that podcast and I felt myself in it, I think, Oh shit, we got a spark. <laughs> you know, like we got a spark. And that spark is the exact thing that I hope that this podcast creates for people because I just want them to have a space where they stop and say, Oh my God, that might be me. There's something about this that's true to me. And when you can follow that spark further and deeper, you can do that, those steps that you were taking to get back to yourself. So your next stage after accepting yourself was dropping friends. Now, before I ask you about this, I have a big issue with the way this is talked about on social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a yeah. really big issue with the way this is talked about because it is generally said you have to drop people because they're toxic. And while some people are, the percentage of that is much lower than Instagram would have us believe. And so in my own personal experience, I didn't just sort of drop people. I sort of slowed down contact and let things fade away with people that I didn't feel super aligned with and made space for people that I did feel more aligned with. But I'm not mad at people that liked me for who I was pretending to be before I was myself. That's not their fault. Not at all. And, and maybe dropping is wrong because maybe there's a negative connotation there. And I completely agree with you that there's no judgment here. Nothing but love, right? And yeah. it's not that they're toxic. I, I don't like that either. But sometimes you're just not compatible with things, right? Yeah. And that's okay. I think nowadays, if we find people that don't think like this, us, they are toxic. It's like, yeah. no, we're all different. Come on. Yeah. Again, travel the world and see how many people really think like you. They'll yeah. probably think you're crazy for half the stuff you do. Yeah. You eat cows in India. That's a sacred animal. Like you're crazy, right? Yeah. And we're like, well, no, you're crazy. No, no one's crazy. We're just different. It's just different. That, right? Yeah. So I think just, again, being aware of who you are and where you're going and understanding that through life, you're going to meet people that come and go out of your life and it's okay. No judgment, no assigning any like those, you know, bastards did that. It's like none of that. Like just yeah. let it go. And just, you know, continue on and you'll find new people come in and the old ones may come back changed as well. Some came back and understood it. Some definitely were like, yo, he's a dick. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> like he's an asshole, that kid. Like, you know, he didn't like us. And it was like, all right, I got to deal with that too. That's got to suck that I kind of came and went or like, you know, and I, I'm still here, but I'm just not going out maybe as much. I pulled back yeah. from doing that. I'm hanging out with you. I'm going to like new retreats on the weekend instead of just sitting around and like hanging out with you guys. Whatever it may be, I think, be okay with that. And understand you'll probably get some judgment and that's okay. But don't let it get you to a point where you're obsessing about it, where then you change back into a negative, right? Just let it brush off. Understand, show so much love to that person because they're probably going through something to be able to do that, to be able to say that. They're just reflecting on themselves almost if they're coming after you. Like, honestly, I love Gary V Vaynerchuk for this reason that he's able to be like those trolls, like nothing but love, like hate more, please. Like I have nothing but gratitude and love that you're even giving me a platform to speak on and responding on it, that you're seeing this and showing something and engaging with me is like amazing. Thank you. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. And I then the next sort of, I, I put this as numbers three and four, but it might be a combo deal. Sure. You said you needed to know what your role was and 
learn what to let go of. And, and so you said that you needed to know your role in your job, but I'm yeah. assuming that what to control and what to let go of was not just about your job, but in your life as well. In my life as well. I mean, again, struggling with that perfectionist thing, I, I find that too often people want to get things perfect rather than just get them good and understand that good is part of the evolution. It will never be perfect and you will be at a standstill and you will just be overwhelmed with the standstill and not move, progress yourself in life. So I think it's really important to then understand that you're not good at everything. There are people that are going to do things better than you, even if you are the controlling owner of a come this and you want things done exactly your way, that, that doesn't necessarily mean it's the right way, right? And you have to sort of let go of that, give the roles out a little bit, trust in people around you and allow them to fail sometimes, allow them to learn for yourself to learn from it. And I think that's where everyone starts to evolve a little bit quicker that way. And, you know, it's, it's, you want to ship things out to the world. If you have something to share, you want it to get out. And when you're a perfectionist and control freak and trying to do it all at once, you're not doing that. Yeah, I often tell burnout, people that are burnt out because most of us have been perfectionists or, or are recovering perfectionists or are still perfectionists. There's a lot of perfectionism in the world of burnout. Yeah. I often tell clients to shoot for 80%. Yes. Because what their normal, what they think is 100 is everyone else's 120 or 30 or 50. Very true. So if they <laughs> shoot for 80 to everyone else, it's going to be 100 anyway. Yeah. It, it's a really uncomfortable exercise at first, but can really create a lot of freedom and permission if you're shooting for 80, then you can, it, it allows for a little bit of wave. Well, well, that's the thing with perfectionists. We, we are a, you know, most people like that just think differently and they feel like everyone else thinks the way they do, which is incredibly mm -hmm. wrong. <laughs> and I've been in that discussion where I'm like, oh, I saw your new like newsletter or this and that. I was like, oh yeah, we had so many like errors and they're like, it was amazing. You're like, really? <laughs> Like, I hated it. You know, they're like, no, seriously, that thing, I shared it with everyone. Like, everyone says it's great. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, glad I got it out and didn't hold it back for like 10 more revisions, which I was hoping to do, right? Um, and that's, you know, I think also getting that feedback and asking for it is very good. Because oftentimes we sit in our own heads and just marinate over the wrong and it starts to lead to almost burnout because you're wasting energy on it yeah rather than just going to someone believing what they say that they're not patronizing you and just telling you things have those trusted friends that you could bounce off to me those yeah. are really important key players in your life if you're dealing with burnout to be able to go to people and ask them for advice and trust their advice yeah, I realized just recently I started working with a new marketing person and I have a new photographer coming in to do some work and I after, God, I've been in business for myself since I graduated school, so since 2007, and I finally realized that I have brought this to the place as far as I can by myself. Mm -hmm. I literally cannot elevate any of the other bits of this besides myself and my speaking and my knowledge and the way I impart it, I can, I can up-level that, but I cannot up-level the branding and the marketing and the, I can't because I don't know how, because that is not my zone of genius, yep. because I did not go to design school, because I do not have an eye like that. I'm a Virgo, but I'm a Leo Virgo cusp. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I throw stuff out there and as a Leo, I'm like, it's good enough for everybody anyway. <laughs> Eat it. <laughs>
<laughs> right? But I, I realized finally that it is time to bring people in and let them do their jobs, not only so that I can let go of control, but so that they can bring me to a level that I can't bring myself to because there's only so much that, that I can do. And you know, you brought this up when we spoke last that so much of burnout is about the community relationships you yeah. have, the people around you, right? If you isolate yourself, you're you're burning, you're more likely to burn out of and course. it'll just lead to a vicious cycle. Of right. Course. So so I kind of agree with that that many people and, and I've been there are just like, I'm just gonna do it myself. No one else can do it as good. Like I don't need the team, and you isolate yourself and just yeah. go into a hole and you know, it leads to maybe resentment and all these other things when having that team and being able to communicate with them, right? Yeah, and is massive. with them is massive. massive. And, and, uh, and it happens a lot where I know people especially that are in a burnout state, like others around them don't want to like put more on their plate. But just communication is a beautiful thing that, that avoids the burnout. Because then yeah. if you have an assumption, the person's like, oh, I got to redo it all. Give it to me, right? I'll do it right and there's no communication going on, then, then it's going to lead to a faster burnout. Absolutely. Way. Absolutely. And the last thing that you gave on your list of things that sort of got you back to feeling better is figuring out what a balanced life looks like for you. Now, I'm sure that that could be an entire episode. Yeah. However, what's the short version? Well, number one, there's no such thing as balanced, right? Mm. There's no perfect. You're always balancing. So give yourself some like, you know, if you have a bad day and a good day, like ask anyone on a tight wire, they're never balanced. They're never perfectly still with the bar there and like being like, did it, balanced, we're good for the rest of life. You are always doing this left, right, move, step back, jostle, right? So you're balancing and it's all right to be in one side or the other because that's going to happen. You're never going to be perfect. Uh, and number two, that, that's finding out what is it. You're, you're going to be putting out a lot of exertion in what you're doing, in your creative work, in your, just, your everyday life and all of that. What is it for you that is going to give you, re-energize you, give you that energy back in your battery, right? That, that I think everyone has to define that differently. And again, to me, it's have as many experiences as possible and find it out because your truth is yours. You could look to everyone out there for inspiration, but don't follow in their footsteps. This is where patients get wrong. They're like, oh, has anyone else come out of your center and gotten better? It's like, yeah, most of them do. Oh, can I get in touch and find out what they did? It's like, you can, but it's not going to be your way. Why would you want to? Like, just hearing that is like, oh, let's just do everything Warren Buffett did since he was a child and we'll be all be billionaires. Like, it doesn't work that way. And neither does this idea of figuring yourself out so you avoid burnout. Take in this, like listen to me, listen to yourself, see what resonates, learn more things, apply them, experience them, and then say, yes, this works for me. And, and you continuously adapt and you're continuously balancing left, right, here, there, and, and just go from there. But do remember, if you're feeling like you're falling off into burnout, then you have to prioritize those things that are going to balance you so you could quickly shift to the left and not get there where it turns into it. Because if you allow it to go too far, you will be chronically ill. And I do want to stress that burnout is not just like a symptom you'll get over and good. Maybe if you're young, you could do that like I did because I quickly did find that balance and I had support. But if you allow it to go for too long, those are chronic diseases that most doctors won't connect to burnout, quote unquote. But you will have chronic fatigue syndrome, you'll have chronic infection, all of that. It may be the initiation point and kind of, you know, the needle that breaks the camel's back.
Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And one last thing that I want to talk to you about before we go is that you have a supplement that I love called right. Na- Nadovim. Nadovim, yes, <laughs> yes. And Can it, you tell it, us about that? Absolutely. It's kind of funny because for many years, you know, we've had this medical center that's attracted, you know, the toughest cases from around the world. I myself has been traveling around the world, teaching and, and doing these things with other people for doctors to get their kind of levels up to where they could help more people through integrative holistic approaches. And we always said, you know, it's not enough to just have these doctors there because there's so many people out there that are suffering and becoming getting into a disease state. What can we do? What's the lowest hanging fruit that would impact the most people in a truly innovative way and, and help them? And what we saw is almost every single patient out there, no matter who it was, was suffering from some form of brain fatigue, brain fog, something cognitive was happening. They were losing their memory, focus is really hard. I mean, we live in a day and age where our attention is all over, right? And that just drains the brain of energy. So we looked at it from a state of what can we provide to the brain, to the body that will allow it to replenish, not caffeine, that's a big boost and then a crash and you're worse off than when you start, you need more and more. Well, what is actually replenishing? And we keep keyed in on this coenzyme called NAD plus nicotinamide adenide dinucleotide, which is getting lots of press as the fountain of youth and all these things. And so many people are trying to do different ways of you know, getting into the body. And we've been doing IVs for numerous years with NAD plus at our center and people, you, you feel it, right? It is like vitamin B, you could say you feel energy, but it's really about brain. It goes into every single cell but especially in the brain, and it powers the mitochondria. And the thing is, we're being depleted nonstop. So what we did was we found a really synergistic formula that we were able to use clinical-grade NAD, the same stuff that's going into the IVs, but put it in an oral format where it's being absorbed and going to the brain. And yeah, we've, we've had top users like Dave Asprey and other biohackers using it and being like, yeah, this, this definitely works, and that, that's great for us because... I really do think if people have that brain energy and ability to be more productive and focus more, they get a lot more done and they avoid the burnout because part of that burnout is losing energy and trying to push through it. So it is like replenishing. It's basically brain food in a sense. So we're really happy about that. And in some ways I was like, I feel like my father helped formulate that because of me. (laughs) He's like, you need this. I'm going to do it. Of course the patient, everyone needs it. But yeah, I did need it. I was like, you know, go, go, go New York City, like, you know, juggling a million things. And I, I started taking, I definitely saw those nuanced levels of improvement and focus, concentration, all of it. Awesome. I love that so much. Well, Casper, thank you so much for spending your morning today. I know that now you will probably have to go meditate because you've just been very extroverted for an hour. <laughs> so, oh, so I might commute to the office. I will meditate. <laughs> very good idea. I'm very into that. Thank you so much for giving us your time, your energy, and your knowledge. It's very obvious that we could have multiple conversations on this topic, um, and I'm just so grateful to have held space for you and heard your story and listened to the things that you use because I will create an itemized list for people um, based on your suggestions today because I think they are very, very important. And I will be linking to uh, the Nadovim and everything else and your clinic where you're working and all of the things. So thank you so much for all of that information and for being with us here today. Thank you for everything you're doing because it's, it's a huge issue, burnout. And I love that you're bringing attention to it and helping people out here. 
All right, everybody, that wraps up another week of Fried the Burnout Podcast. Please do check out the show notes for this episode so that you can get all the info you need on everything that we discussed today. It'll be a really important one. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you next week. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Got each other on our side, plus all the folks at Fried the Burnout Podcast with Kate Donovan.